0: What is up, y'all? Welcome in. It is time for another brand new Hold That Podcast. Podcast brought to you by The Athletic. I am your host, T Bob uh as I am every week. I am joined by the uber talented writer mr brody miller he writes for the athletic brody what's up what's going on man
1: um quick question i mean did you get did you get lost on the way to the andy staples studio or i guess i just didn't know if you actually wanted to keep doing podcasts with me now that you're you know going on to the the national big shots now
0: i'm just a huge fan of ass and so of of course the andy staples show and so when Andy asked me, uh, to, to be on there, I mean, I, I had to also, um, what was it like
1: in there? Is it just like nicer? I mean, just was the whole experience just better? Is it tough coming back to me?
0: It's just legitimate, you know, it's yeah. just got a legitimacy and a kind of ambiance, a sort of professionalism, certain gravitas, if you will. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wholly different than this show. Um, it's much better. And, uh, quite honestly, I do agree with your assertion that you are the weak link. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if we could get rid of you and put Andy on the hold that podcast podcast, I think we'd see the numbers explode.
1: Well, I do still lose sleep just about, not every night, but every other night when I remember that, you know, you look at our iTunes comments, and it's like nine, 95% five stars, and there's that one comment that says, it's a half a star, and it says, I just can't listen with Brody on the show, love you T-Bob, and that, that keeps me up a lot of nights, but in all seriousness, please check out the Andy Staples show with, uh, with T-Bob yeah. on, it's one of my favorite episodes in a while, so please check it out, yeah, but also please this, listen dude. to He's- us.
0: He's going to be a radio professional. Yeah. Wow. Good job, Birdie. Good little cross promotion there. Ton of fun with Andy. I love your, your
1: head patting whenever I do something well on the show. It really no, just. Dude, you're
0: just because, because, because uh, six <laughs> months ago, this was just not even in your real house. And now you're just like a salty vet up there, calm in the box, just getting ready to just knock out singles and doubles. Good shit, dude. You know, I'm just um, watching the film
1: every day, trying to get better each day, taking it one day at a time, you know.
0: Uh, by the way, if, if if you are also listening, there's maybe a chance you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, at the end of that Andy Staples show, we get deep into some Star Wars, and it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, but right now, we are going to get deep into some SEC talk. As, as we are recording this, it is Tuesday, July 14th. Uh, Brody, we should be on day two of SEC Media Day right now, and yet we are all at home Recording, uh, not at SC Media Day. How how are you feeling missing the uh, the the Sports Writing Summit that is SEC Media Day?
1: I mean, it's funny, right? I'm sure you're in the same boat. Where like we all know that most of you listening like do not care. The media members don't get to go to our favorite little like. You know, uh, vacation with our other sports writers every year, but it is just like it's—it's it's our little you know camp getaway, and it's—and also, I mean, even aside from that, I love it. From, I actually hate the main events of it. Like, I hate the coaches at the press conference saying a bunch of generic stuff that we've already heard him say for six months, but it's usually you know last year for example i'll provide this example it was the first like real joe burrow showcase media day and arguably yeah. the last because he stopped doing a lot of interviews but it was like you know and he was just on one he was extra charming he was like letting his weird out and joe burrow was a lot of weird and letting it out and a lot of great stories came out of that and you know things like that i think that's the best part of it is it kind of is, you know, an original showcase for people. And, and I think you might have even mentioned this when it first got canceled, is that, I mean, I think it's safe to assume this was going to be that for Miles Brennan. And Miles Brennan was going to probably be there, and he was going to be his kind of, like, meet Miles Brennan week. It really was. So I think I'm sad from that point of view in a work p- perspective. But, I mean, if I'm being honest, yeah, I'm mainly sad. I I don't get to go to the dive bar Gabriel's until however late at night, with yeah. you know, and, and, and just... You're drunk with sports writers, I see once a year most of them, and maybe someone singing karaoke. I miss that.
0: Yeah, uh, that was actually the first time in my life I ever sang karaoke. It was last really? year. What did you sing? At Gabriel's. Uh, I sang um, Louis Armstrong, It's a Wonderful Life. Ah, I did see that and on the
1: Twitter sphere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was good. Yeah, and it was fantastic. I would have sang six Pony. People that were there were uh, very impressed. But it was, it was a moment for me personally that does stand out my mind because for the first 30 years of my life, I was terrified of karaoke. Never was do, able to do it. And then Barrett Sally brought me over there. And, well, shout out to Jimmy Ott of 104.5 for feeding me a ton of margaritas before so to well, help me get well, that courage That's to a veteran. Do so. Wait, you had never um, done karaoke of all people? No. No, I know. It's odd. Doesn't it's make one of my favorite sense. pastimes. Kind of hung and hummed on the radio and song on the radio and all kinds of stuff, right? But like something about doing it. And the funny part is, it's not just that I had never done it, but I have constantly daydreamed about it my entire life. Like constantly daydreamed about just being able to sing really well. And everybody's like, whoa, listen to that. Or like being able to like just shred this badass guitar solo. And everybody's like, wow, look at that. Um, but, But yeah, yeah, never did it. Until that night for six people at Gabriel's, like most of which were people I already knew were going to be supportive no matter what. But I felt like I had legitimate adrenaline stepping off of that stage. So yeah. Look, it's like, it's something that anybody else can relate to if anybody else. Um, even though I guess that was really my first time, but, but if anybody else like has a work type of convention that they go to, it's just really nice to get to see these people that you maybe don't see for a year. And then you set up connections for interviews down the road. It just kind of helps to, Seed your entire season. But but really, the reason I'm bringing SC Media Days up, Bertie, is because I think you spit out a fantastic piece of sports writing on The Athletic today. Um, and you can go to athletic.com slash hold that podcast, sign up, 40% off. Uh, but this your article, what about Bob, what a media cult hero is doing uh, without his annual July stage? And this is all about Bob Holt, who's a – Sports writer from Arkansas, just like as humble Southern American, almost archetype. Um, he's known for asking his, his, his crazy questions. I I don't even honestly know. I mean, maybe you can make it interesting to talk about. I'm struggling to make it sound interesting, but like really what I wanted to commend you on is this is just like, I didn't really know anything about bubble and not as much as I should have given that I'm in this circle and, and coming out of this article, it was just an enjoyable kind of American portrait. And, and it just, it just reminds me that there's like these great stories and and characters that pop up in all facets of life, but it's it's a wonderful article. Did you write it just so you could title it? What about Bob?
1: You know, that was actually a literal two minute before publication move by my editor, Jason Starrett. So shout out to him because he literally was like, wait, he's like, are we missing a, what about Bob opportunity? And I'm like, damn, you're right. That is a Bob (laughs) opportunity. Um, Oh well. Yeah, sorry. But no, yeah. I mean, the thing about like Bob Holt is I mean, you hate to say this, but he is a caricature of a human being to most of us at least until you know yes. him. Like he is And most of you probably know him. So this isn't just like an inside baseball media story. Like if you've ever watched Media Days or anything like that or even been on Twitter during Media Days, you've probably witnessed a thing where Bob Holt goes either goes rogue at Media Days and asks like Gus Malzahn seven straight questions or or will have just like a hilarious back and forth with somebody. And he's just this large 60 year old, quiet, kind man who just has like this absurd affability and innocence to him, but just you know, in a media setting, is the you know, the joke is he's the most curious reporter on earth, and like it's not just Arkansas. He will ask like eight questions if nobody's asking anything to to the Tennessee head coach or something like that, and it became this kind of laughing point because of that. But I mean, everybody on earth has a Bob Holt story, and that's been honestly the coolest thing about publishing the story today was that I've been seeing so many people quote tweet it with just an amazing Bob Holt stories, like Dave Matter from well, covers Mizzou for the post-dispatch, was like, his favorite one was 2008 Cotton Bowl. Missouri beats Arkansas 38-7, and he asks the interim head coach about the all-red uniforms. And and the coach says, we wore them to honor Coach Broyles. And Holt says, how'd that work out for you? (laughs) And and anyone else asks that, and you're just like, that guy's a dick. But it's Bob Holt, and nobody can get mad at him. So it was just fun doing this story and going from thinking of him as this caricature to really this just like... Genuine person in a world where so few are genuine, and like is just uh, and also is just such a fascinating, like, cult hero that we all love getting a, a laugh out of. It.
0: Yeah, I'd recommend everybody go check out the article, really fantastic. Uh, there's nothing more genuine than spending your quarantine time watching reruns of Monk. Yeah, <laughs> <But> <laughs> he had never soon. watched it. I mean, actually. That is.
1: Oh, he had never watched I it. I assumed
0: in. he had some like my bad, yeah. love affair with it from the USA days. I feel like Monk played on USA oh, 24-7 yeah. it's a staple. Uh, growing up. To- Tony Shalhoub was on my television at all times every single day of the week. So, SEC media days. Uh, I miss you, Tony. I-, I miss you, SEC media days. Um, I don't want to stay on this too long, but-, but I do think we need to address it off the top. Uh, so... Uh, as expected, the Ivy League last Wednesday announced that they were going to push back uh, football and all fall sports till spring or put them on hold. Um, and like within the same articles on The Athletic that I was reading by Nicole Auerbach and others, like they, they, they were saying that the Patriot League was expected to follow. That happens today. I don't think that matters that much to the SEC. Um, the stat I keep going back to is that the Ivy League as a whole, I think, made $30 million in revenue. Uh the SEC made like right at a billion. They made over nine hundred million. Um the Big Ten made a billion. They led the way. And so that's the news I want to talk about because the Big Ten comes out and they announce that they are going conference only. Uh the Pac twelve joins them. What do you think, Brody? Do the rest of the Power Five follow suit and end up being conference only?
1: Well, I think my big takeaway is, and I think it's kind of what we all would have expected, is that the SEC is clearly going to the beat of its own drum, and it's not just going to follow in line and do that next. I I mean, I think it's extremely possible, but I do think they're taking their time on it. Greg Sankey came out yesterday saying late July is probably a more likely decision date. But I think by waiting, the thing that's going to be interesting to follow is, do you see – The other conferences that haven't decided, which are, I believe, the Big 12 and the ACC, do they still maybe do a little bit of you know working together because obviously LSU plays Texas and that's huge you know a huge game and and it's not that far geographically which is a factor in this and if you can get the testing to kind of line up a little bit there's 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 probably things you can work with there but it's probably above my pay grade but yeah I I, I do think eventually they all will go to some sort of restricted schedule or some or maybe and like maybe make a deal with each other like we said but yeah I just think it's it's the most likely and the thing I always have to explain to people, and you know, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but some people saw this as this means football isn't gonna happen and I mean don't get me wrong, I'm getting scared more every day, but I think the takeaway for me is they're doing this to get more flexibility. Is that yeah. I think a lot of people didn't realize that. You go on
0: Yes. I mean no, it's 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 as natural uh Human instinct as there ever is. It's kind of fascinating um, because I've I've been reading, I've randomly been reading a lot of plague stuff lately. And I did not start out like being like, I want to read about the plague. I just was looking for a new audible book. I was going through some previews in the history section. I found this book, A Distant Mirror, which is all about like 14th century Europe. I was like, oh, this seems really interesting. Uh, I listen. It's got a, a, a lot of plague stuff in it, right? I, I just read Dan Carlin over the Fourth of July weekend. Really quick, fun popcorn read. Um, the end is always near, and it talks about like you know apocalypse types moments at human history and, and and the plagues in there. And one of the funny parallels that I'm seeing in college football and the plague right now with the pandemic and everything is like. It, it, it's so funny, or not funny, really. It's horrifying. But what, one one of the effects uh, in these ancient towns, or you know, these ancient uh, civilizations, is that when the pandemic hits and the plague starts to spread, all these cities, which are all modern, you know, everything's interconnected, and and the trade routes, and they're all working together. The immediate human instinct, and rightfully so, it makes sense. Why is to suddenly shut it down, right? If you're a ruler of this country, it is to okay. I, I'm closing the gates. I'm getting what I can control under control. I'm cutting off the other variables. I'm not letting anybody else out in that could potentially mess this all up for me. Like I'm looking out for me, and it's it's this fracturing of, of like these systems, right? And it leads to all kinds of crazy results. Well, I'm not saying there's going to be a lot of fallout from this. Maybe there will. Maybe there won't. But uh, you you are witnessing that same kind of fracturing, and it makes sense. Like you want to control. Well, you control. There's already a billion variables in in a college football schedule. I mean, even just trying to do a conference-only schedule, there's a ton of variables, a ton more than, like, the NBA bubble or other things like that. And, and so I understand why all these schools are doing this. It's just to try to codify things as much as you can under one power that everybody's going to respect. There is no, like, overall college football czar that could play that role. So I, I do think you'll see the Power Five eventually probably each end – in their own conference only schedule. Maybe a couple conferences work out to keep some interconference deals. Um, I'm not entirely sure. But in terms of undefe- uh, uh, unintended side effects, something that I can't get out of my head is does this lead to a bigger push for Power Five only schedules? Um, and, and the reason being uh, would be a couple. First off, this year is kind of ripping the band aid off potentially of the group of five games. Right? So, like a lot of these smaller schools outside the Power Five rely on going to play the Power Five as paydays for their budgets. It's been one of the justifications for wanting to keep them so long. um if If you kind of rip that band-aid off in this sort of test setting, what's to say the big schools want to go back and continue that agreement, right? Um, I think the other thing is if you get a fall full of just quality on quality matchups, and in a time when people are desperate for sports viewing, the ratings could be huge. And if you're looking for a giant TV contract coming up, like you would want to incentivize those huge massive matchups as consistently as possible. And so I I just, I can't help but wonder if there will be a bigger push to get rid of cupcake games, make some like, depending on how drastic it gets this year, make some permanent scheduling changes and do more of a, and like, maybe they're like, you know what? We need a czar. So if this ever happens again, we don't have to splinter off into groups. Like maybe this creates that power five league, the same way that, like, after something terrible like the plague, you have a, a, a renaissance of sorts.
1: Yeah, I wonder. You know, I, I feel like coaches would fight it because, you know, they probably want that cupcake game, you know, mixed in between two huge games or, you know, or or, or maybe even a. Absolutely. Or maybe another idea. But they're paid $7
0: million, so they <laughs> can shut up.
1: I wonder if it would <laughs> mean like you have another bye week if you make Power Five only. You know, I wonder if that's a side effect of that. Yeah, but go two buy We tell you that, yeah. dude. Yeah. But no yeah I from a money point of view you're absolutely right from a like the TV money point of view you're absolutely right it's it's fascinating and and one thing I wanted to segue off this is okay so let's say hypothetically we do go 10 game SEC schedule LSU currently yeah. has what eight so my question is which SEC East team not counting uh, Florida and South Carolina cuz already on the schedule would you yeah. want to see LSU play this year I think my, Gogh, my immediate Kentucky. reaction is Tennessee. <laughs> just
0: uh, I would oh, lo- I would love Tennessee. Uh, what a great test for Tennessee mm-hmm. too, right? Like I mean, they're already going to be tested ton this year, but they have a lot of momentum entering this season. Um, I mean, shit, I don't know, dude. I even though a lot of fans probably wouldn't want this or might be scared of this, give me another LSU Georgia match. Ooh, another? That's what I'm saying. I want to see the big boys battle. Power five on power five. Like if I want to guaranteed win, sure. Put like, I don't know, Vandy. Well, South Carolina is already on there. Uh, like, I don't know, like Vandy and uh, Kentucky or something. But yeah. That's no fun. I, I, I want, I, I want Georgia, Tennessee. I want the brand name battles.
1: Yeah. Cause I feel like, I don't know. Say, let's say hypothetically you're viewing it through the, the prism of, you know, you want it to be relatively equal to the Texas game in terms of prestige, right? Well, that depends kind of how good you think Texas is. Because if you think Texas is actually a top 12 team or something, yeah, I guess Georgia is really your only good option. Yep. But if you think they're more in the 15 to 25 range, which might be possible. I think Tennessee's pretty much your only good bet there in that scenario. So that's interesting.
0: And then my the other thing is I guess I was answering just as a spectator. No, so me too. I was I was, like, I, then, I was. And then if I'm a coach, I'm gonna answer the two easiest opponents. Of course. And then if I'm an administrator, maybe I go somewhere in the Well, no, I don't think no, I'd probably go two easiest too. But yeah, maybe if I'm something like the SEC and you're trying to equivalent Texas to Tennessee feels feels good.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you all around. And then my other thing is what are the unintended consequences of scheduled difficulty around the country if, if this happens because, and obviously it's going to be wild, wild west out there in terms of what schedules mean or anything like that. But you know, Alabama, for example, their, their crossover game this year is Georgia, you know, like that's, and now LSU might be hypothetically losing a game like Texas, you know, what does that mean down the road? But, but then again, LSU, I mean, Alabama also uses, loses USC, but I'm just saying Alabama's SEC schedule is going to be much harder than LSU's most likely, and you know things like that. You just can't yeah. help but wonder the yeah. unintended consequences.
0: I mean, I just, I, I, I just think that that's like anything else right now. Um, it just is what it is, right? <laughs> you just have to recognize it. Like as we, when we talk about this year, it's going to be an odd year, especially because the college football playoffs saying it's still happening. So like, yeah. If you like subjective playoff rankings, well, guess what? We're going to give <laughs> you, are you even in... more subjectivity this year. That's what I mean. It's we're the best like, thing to happen to ESPN gonna... ever because there's yes. going to be I so mean, much debate. <laughs> I mean, so much arguing. Yeah. It's going to be unbelievable. Because, like, I actually uh... will not
1: be able to decipher the difference between the second team and, like, the ninth team. I just won't. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm all for if, it. If
0: you do go Power Five Conference only, I mean, you are talking about, like, Unless you know two teams within the same conference, but I mean, just no common opponents. So, is the uh, is the it, is the, does this
1: make the Pac 12 a winner or a loser? Because it could mean an Oregon or a USC or whoever hey. could go crazy and go on a run and go undefeated <laughs> and look amazing, or it could mean like, well, now they don't have any non conference, so their schedule's poop. Oh,
0: no, they're a big winner, dude. They're a big winner. Okay, they're a big winner. They don't lose to Alabama. Um, and if it trust me when I say. The Pac 12 is so embarrassed, and, and I, I don't mean the media in like some shadowy cabal sense. Um, it's just naturally how these things happen. If a Pac 12 team goes undefeated, they will 1,000% end up in the playoffs. All right. You're absolutely right. That's it's just, it's just my opinion, and they don't got to deal with Alabama, so. Uh yeah, it's it's gonna be fascinating to see. I just I hope that it happens. The more scary to me than going conference only as to like the actual fate of football is just when you hear Greg Sankey's comments and he just seems absolutely exasperated about how political this issue's become and like yeah, like why can't we just like get together, try to get these numbers down? Uh, even, but that's that. Said, the SEC, or sorry, do you have something to add?
1: No, I was just gonna add in. I mean, Scott Woodward, who rarely kind of comes out that strongly on on anything, was even came said to the Advocate yesterday. You know, he he said things are going to have to improve and get better, but we have time. You know, and for, for, I don't know in Louisiana, like that's probably actually gonna rub some people the wrong way. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> but for him to say that, I think is
0: relevant. Yeah, we live in crazy times. Um, and so we're going to do a crazy topic next. Uh, your colleague, by the way, this is all. A lot of what we're talking about, I just read on The Athletic, okay? If you want to get the best sports writing site on the internet, athletic.com slash hold that podcast, 40% off, okay? Do it. Um, your colleague, Ari Wasserman, uh, a more talented writer than yourself. 100%. Um, he was answering a mailbag question, uh, which is an interesting mailbag article in the whole that featured an Ohio State fan asking if he should be worried about Ohio State recruiting, to which Ari answers, you know, they, they, they are on pace to have, like, the greatest recruiting class of all time. Uh, but but later in there, uh, somebody asked Ari, which college – like, compare the college football teams with McDonald's menu items. Um I have put together a master list oh, of wow. McDonald's menu really items into this. here, Brody. Okay, and we are going to do this uh, on the on the menu today: filet fish, double quarter pounder, McDouble, McChicken, Nuggets, Apple Pie, 1989 fries, <laughs> post <post-1989> 1989 <laughs> fries, Big Mac, McRib. The only reason I know about the 89 uh, schism, if you will, Brody, yeah. is... Did you read a book? Did you ever listen to, no, Revisionist History, Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah, absolutely. Podcast. Yeah. So he has um, multiple episodes dedicated to McDonald's fry and how in a perhaps misguided attempt to make them healthier because it didn't actually end up healthier, just created a different set of problems, they stopped cooking McDonald's fries in beef tallow and started cooking them in vegetable oil. In 1990. And so the fries that me and you have had are not the truly legendary McDonald's fries. And in fact, uh, when Malcolm Gladwell had a taste test of people our age on the show, blind taste test, every single one of them chose the 1989 fries, which they scientifically had recreated for the show. So it is my quest in life. It is on my bucket list to get some actual 1989 fries.
1: Kind of like getting Coke with you know Coca Cola with cocaine. You know, just life goals. You know,
0: I mean, as at, well, I mean, hey, bro, which, I mean, that's not hard. <laughs> that's not hard to do. Really <laughs> I know a guy, uh, man. <laughs> I mean, but but look, but here, so but last thing on the fries too, is that when Ray Kroc originally, like, saw McDonald's and said we should build a lot of these, his number one rule. Was that the fries were sacrosanct, that nothing could be changed about them, and yet here we sit in a post-beef tallow it's tough world. To hear. So sad. So
1: quick question: No breakfast menu? Yeah. You went. You went because Ari had breakfast items, but you intentionally do not.
0: Um. Uh, no, it wasn't really intentional. Okay. okay. You could throw them in, and then because some of his breakfast
1: parallels have been his some of his more spot on ones. So
0: I got one answer into aries and then i read no more because i did not want my brain tainted i love
1: it because, because his actually, first one is one of the worst so I'm, I'm here for it
0: yeah okay okay so um oh i actually never did a filet of fish on my list okay let's start with the double quarter pounder we're not gonna go in order here Ooh, I like um it, i have mine written down so if you want me to start each one i can
1: i would love you if you start this one at least yeah
0: okay so double quarter pounder um you know solid burger nothing special nothing excited, just like a solid-ass cheeseburger, consistent. To me, that is BYU football. What? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a gift for making
1: me yell what at least once an episode. How's that not BYU? They're both
0: boring, but they're both pretty solid.
1: See, I guess this is is what makes this a great debate is that we view this entirely different because I think the double quarter pounder is like – Top, I don't know, two or three items on the menu, an elite fast food burger. I think it is the perfect, you know, balance of of fulfilling oh, but wow. also refresh. I don't know, man. I, I, I love a double quarter. I would choose that over a Big Mac. So, BYU. Yeah. Well, no, okay. BYU I guess, I is guess. a hamburger.
0: Mm. So, this is where... Uh, see, yeah, and this is where... Or if you want to go item crazy, item, I'll say
1: it's a cheeseburger. You know, let it get that win.
0: So, this is like... Where each what each McDonald's item use means to you, like and to me, is going to affect us. Because to me, yeah, but the double fine. quarter pounder has been nothing special in my life. All right, it has been a menu item that I've almost wholly ignored. But the times that I've gotten him, it's just been when, like I just want like a burger. I just want like a normal ass burger. Um So we are in the same boat on BYU being a normal ass burger. We just have different opinions of what that constitutes. Okay, okay, so that's what, good. Do you, so, so what's your double quarter pounder, you said?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm going to throw in Ari's thoughts here to kind of give contrast because I actually agree with Ari's sentiment on on the double quarter pounder and the Big Mac battle. I just don't know if I agree with his usage because what he did was he had the Big Mac as Ohio State for great reasoning. He said Big Mac has consistently been an elite team for 100 years. Um, it's never bad, except it's not always the best sandwich on the menu, especially with McDonald's experimenting with new items. He said Ohio State's that. That does work for me, but I think – Alabama would be the Big Mac in this scenario. And then I think Clemson is the double quarter pounder with cheese, so I'm agreeing with Ari here because it is the best burger on the menu. But he said, just like
0: Dabo Swinney, it can be sometimes just too much. So Clemson kind of feels like an impossible burger to me. They feel a little new, which I know is Burger King, so I'm kind of switching things up <laughs> making here. New but rules I, actually here. Don't have, I actually don't have Clemson on my list. Uh, my they are the that, toughest one. Who's your Big Mac? My Big Mac, if I want to cover that, it's, it, this one's easy. Again, okay? Uh, who has huge tradition, history, heritage? You're going to say Notre Dame. But in yeah. terms of modern-day burgers, it's just not that special. No, it's USC. Okay. It's USC. So I mean, like, they, like the history of the Big Mac is just as heralded as the history of USC football. But guess what? It's been like 15 years. Since USC's like done anything super special, the Big Mac does not compare with other modern-day fast food burgers. It's just still good. It's still good. I'm not saying it's bad, but it just doesn't hold up among the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like what you're saying. I just don't think Big Macs really lost its market share. Like, I don't think it's number one, and that's kind of why I, I gave it, you know, what it did. But I, I just don't. I don't think it's like dropped that far. I don't think it's lost its, its market share. Like it's a thin, USC it's has thin little
0: pieces of meat. It's too much bread. It's it's thin. It 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 it's just like USC. Too much fluff, too much flash, not enough substance. I'm sorry.
1: I, that is well argued. I just yeah, I think my disagreement is that even though I agree Big Mac has dropped some stock, I don't I think it's still, you know, one of the top sandwiches synonymous with football. So then who's your Alabama? Uh
0: this is where I couldn't get away from Ari. The 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 nuggets. What
1: see that it's was where the, I was gonna yeah, rip on Ari the constant. most. In what world is a McDonald's <laughs> In what world is a McDonald's chicken nugget like a top item that
0: you have to have? They're pretty bland. Yeah, dude. I, I don't dislike them, nuggets but they're pretty bland are, yeah, items. But no, but I, I kind of – and maybe this is just like the fat kid in me, but I feel nice. – I really feel Ari when he's saying like you just can just a throw side. a six or a nuggets on top of everything. You I, can get, get anything it. on the menu and just be like, and I'll just take some nugs as well. Okay, and, I get that because and, I, this is a somebody... And then you dip them in that sweet and sour sauce. Yeah, not bad. Oh son. I get or like that. when I was a little kid, I used to always get honey. Whoa. That is a fact. Nuggets in and yeah. honey is delicious.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I say this as somebody who just went to Wendy's about five days ago and had a Baconator and then said, I'll have a side of spicy chicken nuggets." So I do get the sentiment. Yeah, I just, yeah. I think, and I, I understand his thinking and your thinking. I just really am like... When I think of a a, a McDonald's chicken nugget, I mean, that's so far down the totem pole. And I like the. I mean,
0: it is, though. It is. You're not wrong. Like, you're not wrong there at all. I like, Like, yeah, but. Guess what? I feel the same shitty way about Alabama. (laughs) But, like, they're always there. They're inescapable.
1: But, like, yeah, I just. McDonald's is actually one of the only places in the world where I don't even think, like, yeah, I'll throw nuggets in. Like, I just don't even want
0: to add the nuggets. but, But, bro, when they're good, they're good. They got that little crispy. Flaky skin. I'm not somebody who's and, like an elitist. and the meat's not like super nasty looking. I'm not somebody it's who's like snobby with now. fast
1: food. I like want to eat gross things, but like the McDonald's chicken nuggets are on the very short list of fast food items that while I eat them, I can look at it and be like, "Oh, this is fake food." You know, like it's one yeah. of the few things like, "Oh, this is not real." And it's on a very short. The bad list. ones especially really drive that point home. Yeah, but the good ones are good. Yeah. Okay.
0: So um, I. I just so who's your nuggets in?
1: God, I haven't even really settled on my nuggets. I'll be honest, but I think my nuggets would be on a quick look down. I think that's like a Wisconsin, where okay. yeah, like yeah, like yeah. it is a yeah. staple. Like it's a nugget, yeah. Like it's and it's always gonna be in the mix, and you're wrong to ever rule it out. And don't underrate it, because I, I would never do that to the nugget. But yeah, I mean it's just not in that like playoff contender t- tier.
0: Um. Okay. What about your McChicken? Uh. For me. Um, and, and, and I'll be clear. I like in, in this answer, I don't know that my real life experience will fully reflect my, like the college team that I'm choosing because in real life I went for years and years where the only thing I would get from McDonald's were McDoubles and McChickens because they were just a buck. Wait, did and you, and I would just get like a them? grab. Uh, yeah, yeah sometimes I, I would just get a grab bag. What's that called? Sometimes. be like, uh, that's a McGang bag. That a boy. Thank you. Uh, yes, it was very famous in college, but 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 like for years I just i uh, still now to this day I keep lowering the number of sandwiches, but now once a month the temptation comes over me and I pop in and I get a McDouble and a McChicken. It's quick it's, and dirty. I'm actually right there with right? you. Right, I'm just doing it to kind of satiate some base hunger, some primal need. To me, that's kind of how I feel watching any game featuring NC State. Like it's just it's not. I am rattled by the range good. of
1: schools you've chosen here. I think that's what's <laughs> really good. I thought we were like hovering around the like one to fifteen range, and you're throwing out BYU, no, no, and like dude. soon
0: you're going to be qualifiers. Is, like I'm talking 80s Nebraska. Like that's where you're going to be soon. A McChicken is NC State. A McChicken wow. is. It's, it's all I can say. It feels so natural and right to me. It's football. It's 11 a.m. kickoff, and I'm and I'm watching it just because I'm, like, getting hyped for the day, and I just, just need a little football, just a little quick and dirty snack. I don't really give a fuck about it. I forget it as soon as it's over. That's your NC State Wolfpack. So, I guess, first off, I love that we
1: actually have, like, our same baseline order, and we both get a McDouble and a McChicken because that's my go-to as well. So, I like, we're on the same hey. page a little bit. See, Good. I actually – I just think I rank McChicken stock a little higher. I think that's one of, like – it's one of the. If we're being honest, it's one of the very few items in that whole menu that is any semblance of spice. Uh, it's it's got like a little. I don't know. I think of chicken is a little like fresher. It's a relatively speaking newer item. Am I wrong about that? Like. In, it's,
0: uh, no, I think it is newer. It, I yeah, I don't think, it, think it's, it's like a That's
1: 1960 true. staple or anything. And no. I, I think it's like, it, it's higher up in the tiers and it has a little bit more fun to it. So my thought, I was kind of thinking of someone that's a little more up and coming, but nobody's going to argue it's like the best. So I kind of was thinking like a a Florida or a Penn State. That's what I was thinking. Okay.
0: And also yes, you add you in that, that I
1: love, you know, I love talking about that sassy bitch Dan Mullen. So I, I almost liked it just because it's the one, one of the very few things with
0: any spice. And while I'm on At, this topic, um, go on, uh, yeah, wait, whoa, hold on, real quick on the McChicken. Also, though, that is some not-food food. It's not food. No. It's, well, it's, like, it's the like same chicken all. as the
1: nuggets. Yeah, it's just...
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it is the same shit.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Um, continue. No, I wonder, because this is something that's not on the menu, and I just need to get this off my, off my chest before we leave, is that I have a strong belief that the best menu item ever on a McDonald's menu was when they had those... The bacon habanero burger. And it was like a... You know, just basically like a... I got the sense... I think it was like when they were doing those Angus... Third pounders or whatever, and yeah, yeah it was yeah. like basically an Angus third pound burger with bacon, cheese, and then like a habanero ranch, or Ooh. and it was my favorite fast food item for Sounds quite like a long. So, but it doesn't exist anymore, and I'm not going to go that literal with it, you know. But I'm, I would say that's almost like when I think of the missing it point of view, I almost think it was like Boise State, where like. Man, like eight years ago, ten years ago, man, Boise State was the coolest thing in football, and they were this exciting up-and-comer. And now, you know, they're you know not really a contender anymore. So I almost thought of Boise State for that. But I don't know if that's a little too I
0: I I like that, I think, a bit better than my Boise State. I had my Boise State Ooh. under my McDouble. Why is that? Which is... Because I was trying to think about who was kind of a consistent... Lower tier power because although I personally love the McDouble, uh, there is no doubt that it's a trash burger, right? Yeah, uh, it's just that I think there's a place for trash burgers. It's just like how I specifically love mall and airport Chinese foods. Ooh, um, like like there are you know there there's times and places for these things, and that's kind of how I feel about Boise State football. And I know they're good, Um they're enjoyable. They're never going to achieve the greatest heights, but 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 maybe you're right more more on Boise you say cuz they've kind of disappeared a little bit from the from the national picture. I don't know that I have a McDouble at this so, time. Do you have a McDouble?
1: I I know um, I mean that was actually like one, cuz I think it is a staple and we actually very much agree on that. And it's tricky. So I'm trying to figure out a perfect one and-
0: I mean for me honestly, it would be LSU cuz a McDouble is the single item that I've bought more than any other thing in my life. Like, it's, it's, it's made the biggest impact well, on me. Well, if that's your thinking, McDonald's menu item. I
1: actually agree with you. So, if that's your thinking, I think I have a perfect McDouble. Oklahoma. Who is it? It's going to be in our life all the time, but it is never going to actually win the game. It's never yeah. going to actually win a playoff game. So, that is the McDouble. Yeah. I think we yeah. nailed it.
0: It's true. It's kind of garbage, but it's not at all it's not at all it kind yeah. of is like, I'm not <laughs> cheating on Oklahoma yeah um, okay uh, for the McRib um, in my mind I'm like okay only shows up once every few years kind of gets a lot of hype when it does right like can make some noise when it does then disappears again I was kind of flirting with Washington Washington State Maybe Ooh. Auburn. I don't. I don't have like. I. I, I mean Auburn kind of makes sense because Auburn they're like one of these barbarian hordes where they're just kind of fighting amongst themselves for like three or four years. But then some warlord comes along, unites them, and they just kind of sweep through the land. So I get a little bit of a McRib feel from Auburn, but but I'm not in love with any answer here.
1: Yeah, that, this is actually one of the ones I really struggled with, and and this is you know I like to shout out shout out Ari.
0: Shout out. <laughs> <Yeah. What? God. laughs>
1: Sharty. it works with the McRib, man. Um, he said Ruckers, you're excited when it comes back around the fall, but after a few bites, you're already disgusted with yourself for consuming it. And
0: I like that. Um, that's good, He's, I mean, that's right, though. That is I really, I know, McRib I'm feeling. trying to
1: differ from him, but I think that's probably the answer. No, nah, dude, just sometimes you got to call it. That's right, yeah. That
0: is He's exactly- a few that are amazing. Um, the shame after the, uh, after the, McPripp. like, I got a okay, shout out because and then we can finish off Ari's. Um, yeah. Cause like, okay, go on. Yeah. Okay. No, sh- okay. Shout out. No, you go ahead. You go first. Well, shout I just
1: on. wanted to go with your, cause you had a USC one. So I wanted to throw in his USC one, which was pretty mm-hmm. perfect. He said egg McMuffin because it used to be the best breakfast sandwich on earth, but it has been yeah. replaced by a better breakfast sandwich at the same place. And then he went yeah. on to say, I guess that makes the Oregon the McGriddle, because now the Ducks are the best. Wait,
0: team. so what is, wait, but is this just, okay, hold on, though, Ooh. back up. Is this just like, uh, what, we're just all in agreement that a McGriddle's better than a McMuffin? Well, you know, I'm glad I'm glad
1: you're saying this, because I think the problem with any Ari uh, take system is that Ari operates under the assumption that there is no <laughs> denying his opinion.
0: So, I mean, dude, look, he doesn't... He d- I mean, they're way different, but like... If push comes to shove, I'm, I'm going to Mc... get a sausage and cheese McMuffin oh, over a Oh, I'm with McRiddle.
1: you. I'm 100% okay. getting a McMuffin over a okay. McGriddle. But I do understand a lot of people love the McGriddle way – like if you love a McGriddle, you love a McGriddle way more. I mean it's tasty. It's yeah, like a it's little pancake with little syrup things in there. I don't want it's, the sweet is, and savory that? mixed together for breakfast. I actually love sweet foods, but I don't love sweet for breakfast. It's why I don't love donuts for breakfast, but I'd love one at like 6 o'clock. That's just my, my prerogative
0: though. Uh, fuck is wrong with you. Donuts, don't come French at me right toast? now. Pancakes. I love pa- I love all those things. I just don't want them at like eight a.m.
1: I'm not like saying you're wrong wait, for doing that. Wait, I'm just well, telling but, you how I feel.
0: But, you, but then when do you eat the, When do you eat these things? You know, I'm, these are I'm breakfast
1: food. I'm partial to like a a, a 10 p.m. bowl of cereal, maybe, or uh, you oh. know, or maybe uh, some pancakes so for you, dinner. So
0: for most people, breakfast for dinner is this like rare delicious treat because you're like, oh, I'm eating all this sweet stuff at night. Look at this. For you, it is the polar opposite. It is the norm a little bit.
1: But I mean, I'm a like, I want to be clear, I'm a big breakfast guy. Like I make breakfast a lot. Uh, but I I make sa- I make like eggs and hash browns and maybe some bacon or sausage, you know, like those are my things. I'm not gonna yeah, bro. you know.
0: But that I mean, sausage and syrup is awesome.
1: I, I listen, I'm not like doing the thing where I'm like you're wrong if you like sweet. I'm just telling you how I feel, man.
0: Yeah, um, well, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm telling you that you're kind of a psychopath. Um I I'm am, I am objectively telling you your feelings are crazy. And, uh, and wow, what a, what a weird person I work with. All right. Um, okay. Final. Do you have any other from nope. Ari that you want keep, to shout out? Maybe later, but keep going. Okay. Final one on my list. I want to see if you can guess who it is. 1989 I I fries versus post 1980 fries. Um, pre nineteen eighty nine nine fries. Something I've never experienced, right? You hear legends about, oh, I know them. Who it is. Yeah. Like they were the fries. Okay. The best fries. Post nineteen eighty fries. Still pretty good. But like, where's the legends that I was always told about? No longer the unquestioned champ, on the whole, disappointing. Not saying they haven't had high moments, but it's just not around in the modern day. Who am I talking about?
1: Well, I think there's like four candidates we're here talking about, but knowing you, I have a gut feeling you're gonna say Nebraska.
0: Okay, the Notre Dame? No, that would have been a good answer. Notre Dame. That's yeah. Okay. It's Notre Dame. It's it's a thousand percent Notre Dame. McDonald's fries, like I I don't know, maybe I'm just coming from my family experience. My parents used to always talk about McDonald's fries, and I always assumed that I was eating those fries. Come to find out at twenty five years old, I've been sold this bill of goods. Okay, and it's how like I always heard Notre Dame football was the best in Lou Holtz, and like they were so intimidating and badass, and Rudy, and all this stuff. And yet the Notre Dame that I've known has been a lot of bark, not a lot of bite. Okay, Notre Dame is post nineteen eighty nine Fries. So then, who's your post nineteen eighty nine? No, Notre Dame. Oh, I am so sorry. I'm like, like, like. 19 like uh, old Notre perfectly. Dame is okay. the old McDonald's fries. I see. I'm so sorry. Post 1989 is is Notre Dame. It's, I'm it's, sorry. McDonald's fries is has echoed Notre Dame's rise and fall.
1: Okay, no, I yeah. think that is pretty well done. If you're going to go with the premium, if you're going to like combine them into one item, then yeah, no, there's no better answer than that. I mean, sure, I guess you could like be like Army Navy back in the 50s. I guess that could work too. But no, I think you Not got it right because and post eighty nine nineteen eighty nine, 1989 Notre Dame is for fries actually is the best one of all because it's like nobody, I mean, I still really like McDonald's fries. Don't you? Like I, I genuinely yeah. enjoy them.
0: Yeah. 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 No, they're good. They're so good. I mean, and that's Notre sure. Dame. Yeah.
1: Cause it's, yeah, but they're not far and away
0: better than everybody else. No. Like they used to be
1: like, I would, when Notre Dame makes the playoff, I'm usually the guy who's like, you know, I get it. Like, I think they're good. I think this is the year they might actually contend. And then I'm always wrong, but that's not the point.
0: <laughs> I know, but, yeah, We got to stop giving in the big words
1: doubt. <laughs> I'm the, I, I do that with everything, though. So I'm blown away. So you don't have LSU for anything?
0: Uh, no. Okay, so. I mean, maybe the McDouble, right? Maybe the McDouble. That, I mean, that actually I mean, that could, could just, work. But, so I've been just thinking them, about. That's
1: a very personal answer to me. I have two potential answers for LSU for very similar reasons. Okay. And my. I'm I'm floating this out there. Tell me I'm wrong. It's fine. And before I say this, please understand that I'm not even saying I love this item. But hear me out. Shamrock shake, because the shamrock shake is gone for a while. What
0: the Fuck is a shamrock shake.
1: Wait, is that not a thing everywhere?
0: I John, can you chip never in? Here? Heard I've never heard of a shamrock shake.
1: Wait, I'm embarrassed. Okay, God, that scared the crap out of me. Like I thought I was like in like a alternate universe or something. Okay, um, well
0: I'm always down to learn. What is maybe a it's not a Southern shake.
1: thing? Wow, uh, Shamrock Shake is basically just around St. Patty's Day and like for like around a month every year, there's a Shamrock Shake that is a mil- mint flavored milkshake from McDonald's. Oh,
0: I hate mint. I hate mint. That's That's fine. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm not even saying I love the Shamrock Shake, but at least when I grew up, I mean, it was like when Shamrock Shake came back, it was like an event. It was like, all right, everyone, like, there was a line to get a Shamrock Shake. It was exciting, which is kind of a gimmick, but that's aside from the point. But I like it for LSU from the point of view, which, John, I mean, T-Bob, you're not going to relate to, is... It's like it goes away for a little while every you know few years, but then it comes mm-hmm. back and it, it's a big deal, and then it becomes everyone's favorite thing, because when LSU is good, it kind of is like one of the few major schools people like agree to like. I don't know why. Yeah, but it's fair. So I think that works because LSU, it's like, well, they won in the Saban era, then they, you know, then they won in the Miles era, then they're kind of in the wilderness for like seven, eight years, and they win in the O era. So I like Shamrock Shake there.
0: All right. I mean, you know, well, whatever. I, I don't like mint. So I, I don't, <laughs> I, don't I, I don't I'm not know. saying I like I mean, the shake. Um, uh, I don't know. Did you I have know. I don't know.
1: Do you have an Ohio
0: shit. state? Um no. If I did, it would probably be like a sausage egg and cheese biscuit. I was just gonna, I was going to say my bacon favorite. egg,
1: and cheese biscuit, which is actually my go-to. Yeah, it's my breakfast item. Oh
0: god. And now we get to another debate that I had this week, which Ooh. is that sausage is Oh, yeah, you had the show the premium meat when it comes to breakfast sandwiches bacon is a topping
1: see i first off that you know you said you said a fat guy thing earlier that's the fattest guy thing you've said (laughs) but i love you but that's just come on
0: (laughs) it's true dude the bacon goes on the sausage (laughs) i mean that's the best
1: (laughs) well then you would love the new wendy's uh, breakfast sandwich have you tried them uh, no. Because they have basically to. like a, it's a sausage. It's like almost like a, I live. it's almost like a breakfast Big Mac where there's sausage and then there's bacon. Anyway. Um, well,
0: the, 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 the Burger King double croissant, which I used you can to get love with that. double meat yeah. and you can get guess with they double sausage or right. both. And then um people have been linking me this Whataburger breakfast burger that has like hash browns, eggs yeah. and salt. it I just looks that. really good.
1: Wait, so then my qu- first off, I I just think sausage overwhelms the breakfast sandwich too much and I want it to kind of be like a, a harmony thing, so I think bacon's more ha- harmonious, but that's, I actually I'm okay. well, not agree sandwiches. with your
0: argument. I like I like the bent of your argument there. Like, that's actually an explanation that I feel like I can understand, even if I don't agree with it. Yeah,
1: because I love sausage. I just think when I have a breakfast sausage sandwich, I'm like, oh, I'm just eating sausage on bread. I don't taste the egg or cheese or anything. Um, Hmm. Is anything hash browns? Because I actually, like, I will go, I will fight for this. I don't fight for much. I think McDonald's hash browns are one of my favorite things to ever be created. I I will die for McDonald's hash browns. So, But I don't have an obvious parallel.
0: Hmm. I mean there's not a a side item actually love team. Yeah, it's like Yeah, and it's a side item. Auburn? Because Auburn's the big like and then team. Fuck Auburn, dude. Just because you write for Auburn now, now you want (laughs) to give them hash brown status. Oh my god. God. Um I'm just kidding, you did do a great job on that Auburn article though. Go on. Um I don't know. Yeah. Because it needs to be a side item. What team is a side item? That's not like a thing. But who's also universally beloved. Because nobody dislikes McDonald's hash browns.
1: Although I was rattled, and I think Chris Vanini is the one who actually put this in there, but he said, Purdue is the hash... Oh, Ubbin. Purdue is hash browns, and as David Ubbin put it, it's fine, but sometimes it's what you need. And like, all right, you already lost me there. Um, wait, wait, I... hash browns are awesome, though. Yeah. I, wait, so I don't have a good answer, but now I can't leave because we're an LSU show, so I actually can't, like, we can't leave. We'll, we'll wrap up soon, but we can't leave without yeah, talking about ra- this. yeah. He has LSU as the filet fish because it's an overlooked menu item by everyone, but it's secretly the best sandwich on McDonald's menu. This is an example of the
0: thing where Ari is says he Catholic? What's that? Is he Catholic? <laughs> Are you feeling uncomfortable? I'm so the confused. Why I ask. Okay, on Fridays, strict Catholics <laughs> can't eat meat. Uh, and so my grandpa <laughs> used to love a Friday filet of fish. Okay, fair. Uh, no, that's true. That is yeah. a real
1: thing. Um it's just, this is an example of, I love, sometimes I'll agree with the principle of an Ari opinion, but then the way he makes it makes me hate it. You know, like, it's like, <laughs> I agree stars matter, but I, now I hate that argument because now he yells it every day. So, it's like, he is now on a rampage about filet fish being the best item in fast food, where... Right. Yeah. Oh, no. he. Oh, he, he. got sponsored by them it's last a, it's week. A, it's a whole it's a thing. Go on fast, his Twitter feed. It's, it's
0: a fast food fish sandwich. It's yeah. I, mean, I like, actually
1: don't even mind it. I like the filet of
0: fish. But I'm I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, is it Jefferson who said we hold these truths to be self evident? <laughs> like, are we sitting here saying that a fillet of fish is the a fish sandwich from McDonald's? Like is a, a lot of things sandwich? have to go
1: wrong, and like you know, for you to be like. This is the best fish I've ever had. Like you know, something I mean, he, I guess he's. I don't know. I, I really. I don't want to insult. He's Catholic
0: dude. That's it. That's all it can be. I mean, that's the only explanation. I don't know, man. All right,
1: let's end on that.
0: Um. Yeah. Uh, Filet of fish. I. I don't know who. Who they would be. Maybe like an organ? Um. Oh, also, there's a crime baby. So that's our. That's end. our cue. This is the. Well, oh, yeah, that's our cue. Uh. Thank you for joining us as the Hold That Podcast podcast. Um. Thank you for all the support online. I, I feel like everybody's been messaging us. Very kind. Um, I agree with TigerFunk69's tweet as he says, Brody effing rules. Brody's dad, on the other hand. Yeah, I agree. TigerFunk, excellent call. Uh, so, yeah, look, if you enjoy the show, review it, share it with your friends. That helps us out a ton. Um, sign up for the athletic, athletic.com slash hold that podcast. If you live in Baton Rouge, buy all your specialty meats at a bears specialty meats in bocage and uh thank you for joining us and we will see you uh next tuesday uh see you then